welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode number 152. My name is CJ Schrader, and with me, as always, my two projecting co-hosts. First off, we have Jess Dunks. Hey, this is Jess. And Brian Verlin. Hi, I'm Brian. I really thought, you know, in loud, booming voices, you would project. Hi, I'm Brian. I, you sound identical to how you always sound. I do? Damn it. <laughs> All right, we have a super special guest on today. The one, the only, Rob McKenzie. Hello. Hey, Rob. Tell us a, a bit about yourself for the people who may not know who you are. Uh, so I am regional coordinator for the USA North region. I just became regional coordinator for this region in February, which also didn't exist until February. Hmm. Uh, we so fissioned north. off of the far too large Midwest region. I was about to say, so the north didn't exist. Well, nothing beyond it, the wall. <laughs> yeah, there, there was there was nothing. Um, we we sprung into being, uh, and we're still kind of getting organized. As in, like, there's parts of us that don't really exist yet, like North Dakota. But um, we're trying hard. I always thought my geography teacher was lying about the Dakotas being states. <laughs> well, there there's much of a state as Wyoming. Um, That's another Montana. one. So, so I'm pretty, pretty sure those are I, real things. Yeah, they're they're real. Things. I thought they were just things you flew over on the way to something else. Is that... Or drive through them to? I mean, oh man, driving through Montana <laughs> is so awful. I don't know. It's, it's very so pretty bad. and very long. Yeah, well, it's very long. Whether or not it's pretty depends on what time of the year you decided to do this. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's never a time of year. I, I think never is a good time of year. It's. I'm, oh man, I'm probably gonna end up. Uh, do we could talk about this off the show, and I'm probably gonna end up driving through there in the winter this year, and that's gonna suck. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, sucks. All right, but <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, move into our our main topic today, and that is projects, which is why I had a weird opening to the show. Talk about projecting, which isn't act like. I don't know, man. Listen. Okay. Anyway. So projects. Projects. It's about projects. Yeah. So we have Rob on because Rob has done a seminar on projects. Yes. I heard it was good. I wasn't there. I thought it was fine. Like, not not the best presentation I've ever given, not the worst. Hmm. My first couple presentations that I gave in the Dim and Misty past were probably pretty bad. That's (laughs) somehow the description of every episode of JudgeCast. It's like, not our best, but not our worst. (laughs) But it's every episode, so you kind of gotta wonder. Ah, we've done worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's above Uh, average. It's the Lake Wobegon effect, we call it up here. (laughs) Honestly, people love the episodes where we have guests on, because they're just tired of us, I think. (laughs) It, It adds variety. See? It does. All right. So what, uh, Rob, what's just, okay. So the term project, it gets thrown out there a whole, whole lot, uh, in the, in the judge program. What is a project? Uh, the, a judge project in, in the big, really broad general sense is work outside of a tournament that isn't related to a tournament. Um, and that impacts the judge program. Like it's, it's something that you do to, to help the program as the program instead of work particularly for an event. And it can be realistically anything. In some ways, uh, in some ways, judge classes are like tiny mini projects. You have a you have a group of people working together for a common goal, and you have one person who's in charge. And that's that's actually kind of just what it is. Um, and they 
they cover all sorts of stuff. There's projects for uh, there. Um, I said in the presentation there's that they can be anything. That there's a project for making friends at events. That for for being better at at connecting in and networking in the judge program. There's there's a humongous amount of scope in projects from tiny little regional things or local things all the way up to huge far-reaching giant pieces of machination like the exemplar program or the uh the player investigations committee are both projects and they're both right. quite a bit of work so, so i'm sorry go on what uh that's a lot of like kind of a project can be anything kind of uh sounding yes. um is there really anything you would say that judges do as a group that you that is positive that you would be like, well, that's not that's not actually a project. That's not what we're talking about. Or is it pretty much just anything judges do together that involve that is related to judging? Um, if it is if it isn't about improvement, if improving or working towards a program in some way. So like a judge dinner isn't a judge project. OK, it's like going out and and doing a social gathering uh, can be the result of a project, but it isn't necessarily a project itself. Okay. Um, it's, it's a little nebulous there, but I would say like getting so, out and playing some magic isn't, isn't a project. L- let me try and g- give maybe a suggestion, like going out, organizing uh, a judge dinner after an event wouldn't be a project, but mm-hmm. a pro, uh, but a group of people that organize a, a judge dinner after every GP and they make sure that it happens and they coordinate, you know, in advance where it's going to be and that kind of thing that could very well be a project because yep. there's, there's a level of organization and repeatability and responsibility and that kind of stuff involved with it, that, that elevates it above and beyond just a bunch of uh, people getting together. Okay, yeah. so, so projects also tend to have some kind of duration, <laughs> Yes, uh, like, though a lot of them just <laughs> expire. It, yeah, just the duration is when people stop caring. Um, sure. Well, ongoing can be a duration. We'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt that it's ongoing. It's also yes. a uh, a permanent type. What? Ongoing. Schemes? Yay, yeah. there we go. It's a super type. Oh, is it, it a super type? Yes, and schemes aren't permanents. They stay in the command zone. Uh, yeah, so it's a yeah, scheme type. Just shows you how much I play Arch Enemy. I mean, I love Arch Enemy. All right, all right. We had that episode. Anyway. <laughs> we did. I'm bringing, I'm bringing Arch Enemy back. Yeah, so so projects projects are really uh, almost if it generates – if it has a pro, like a finished product of some sort, whether that product is something tangible or a process or an experience or something like that, then it can it can be a project. Yeah. Uh, and I use the example of judge classes because this is something that people don't think about. Uh, but they, you could just phrase it as a project of we're running judge classes for six weeks. It has a duration. It's going to try to produce judge, um, successful judge candidates at the end, which is fairly tangible. And you you don't necessarily think about it as a project. It's a thing that you're doing at your local store or whatever, but it falls within the scope of what you can consider judge projects. Okay, so so, so projects projects can be anything, everything. Um, so maybe some like examples up and down the chain. You said that that um, 
building or, or like doing a judge class is an example of a very localized project. Uh, maybe like some examples kind of up the up the chain as to as as we go from from local to regional to that kind of thing. Do you guys have any regional projects? Yeah, we have uh, we have kind of a a couple interlinked ones in the north. We have a a, a project to run mini conferences. We want to run. Our goal is four to six mini-conferences plus our normal regional conferences in the next year. And we have a project for not conference gatherings on where we're just trying to get together and have judges have some kind of social interaction outside of just judging events and just running conferences. Just so that you can get to know people and in some ways network and in some ways just, you know, eat some brats and chill and play some board games. Because we want to, we want to make sure that we're a judge community up here, and so we have we have those. We also have an ongoing blog in the north that is that we've been trying to post more tournament reports on, that we've been trying to to generate regional content on, and that's that very much falls within the scope of a project. Um, and I mean, we have we have other just regional stuff going on. We have area captains. I I made a project, um, and this is getting into this is getting a little into the technical side of stuff, but we specifically made a project on judge apps for area captains so that we could have our own private forum and so that we could have a, a way to contact all the area captains without, you know, typing in a whole bunch of emails, maybe missing somebody, um, and have a, have a history. So we have our, our monthly meeting notes and stuff all posted in there so that we can have, so that we can have continuity in a central place. Uh, but that's, I mean that those are the kind of regional stuff that we do as projects. Okay, so I noticed the a lot of the things that you listed, um, you know, mini conferences, uh, gatherings, the uh, 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 the state captains, that kind of stuff. A lot of that sounds <laughs> like a lot of uh, of infrastructure stuff, also. <clears throat> yeah. Um, um, is that is 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 are those projects also? I mean, infrastructure stuff can definitely be projects. The there's a lot of different infrastructure stuff that are that, that you can just consider projects, even though you might not think of it as first blush. There's there's a group of people that create content for Judge Center, and they are definitely a project, and they are definitely doing infrastructure and planning work for the so, Judge program. So for the for the listeners for the listeners at home, does anyone want to say what Judge Center is? Because we have a lot of non-judge listeners. Uh, yeah, Judge Center is a um, <clears throat> it's a website uh, on which you can uh, input reviews and, of other judges, and it's the website on which you take uh, and administer judge tests. Right. So all of those questions when 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 we talk about taking a practice test or taking the L one practice test, all of those questions are created. Uh, by a project that generates the questions, generates the list of answers, reviews the questions, all that, all that uh, uh, work is done by a project. And it's largely invisible because when you take the test, you don't necessarily think about where the questions come from. They come from yeah. us. Yeah. And the, I think that in some ways the bigger part of it is actually the maintenance is – Every time there's a new rules update, every time there's a policy update, they go in there, they deactivate all the questions that were related to that and either rewrite them, reject them, or put in a new question. And that's that's a pain. Right. 
there there was uh, several years ago there was a section from the IPG that was missing. It, it, uh, I forget the actual number, but if you were looking, it was like two dot two, two dot three, two dot five. And the mm-hmm. reason the reason what the reason they they left two dot four blank was because if they moved it, they were going to have to change a whole bunch of rules uh, questions uh, on the tests. Yeah. So and. They ended up having to change them eventually, anyways. But they they were concerned that if a if they needed to do an IPG update in between, then they would they would just have to do all this work again. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's actually something that when when we talk about infrastructure, there's there's projects out there when you, when you in the judge community when you look at uh, judge apps, okay, that's a project. Yeah. There's actually several projects. For uh, for various parts of Judge Apps, um, our communication infrastructure, blogs, blog hosting, uh, that's that's a that's a project that is run by judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's basically anything. I mean, as Rob said at the beginning, like when you think of things that judges do, anything that's outside of events is is coordinated, created. By judges, all the way from the the local judge classes, all the way up to our communication infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and a lot of the blogs that you see people writing, you know, that uh, I guess um, I would say that when you see somebody that's posting a blog every week, that that person is undertaking a judge project that of their own. That's just them. Um, so it, it doesn't even need to be necessarily. With a group of people, although I think that's the best way to do it, uh, is with a group of people. Well, because it helps motivation. Yeah, it it depends. Um, it helps motivation, but uh, something that we we're going to talk about is in a bit is it also it, uh, the one of the problems with write, say writing. Uh, if you have two people that are writing a single piece of content, each person has to do sixty percent of the work uh, because. Each person has to it has to do more than they feel is half of the work, right? Um, and you have to put in more because there's communications overhead and there's the problem of, you know, one person's sick for a week, one person's, you know, not doing too well, one person, you know, checks out for a little while. And so there's there's a lot there's there's definitely something to be said for just, you know, buckling down and doing it yourself because that's the way that you get things done. Get, get more stuff done. It is the, the, the dichotomy of if if you're doing it by yourself, then you're doing it wrong. Versus if you're doing it by yourself, it's getting done. You know, <laughs> yes. Those those two statements seem really contradictory, but they can both be true. Yes. Um. But there's, yeah, they it, like. It's weird to think about a lot of these, the things that you just do outside of events being projects, but we need some kind of term to cover all that stuff. And projects mm-hmm. is the the least worst term right now. And and think think about you know, when talking about like why projects are important and what value they add to the community. Um, I'll, I'll give you one example. The the Northeast has a welcome to L one letter. Okay, yes. where. You become a you become a level one, and they hand a letter. They hand you a document that basically says, "Here's here's frequently asked questions." You know, you know, people judges ask, you know, "Where's my shirt? Uh, what about this name badge? Um, 
where do I go to are the, what resources are out there? What are the communication channels? All those kind of questions. So, so they have a team that created this document and, and distributes, distributes this document. And that's a, that's a project for that region. Um, that would be great for, for other regions as well. But that right there is something that, uh, it was created by a group of people. It is maintained by a group of people because maintenance is, by far the most difficult part, you know, there's, it's, it's one thing to have an idea and build on it and create, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's sexy for lack of a better word. And then, but then when, after you've created it and then, you know, three months later, four months later, something changes and you got to go back and you got to change something. And then another two months later, something else changes and you got to go make another update. That's not, that's, that's not exciting. That's not fun. That's not sexy. Um, but it, but when it gets done, it's still really nice because that's, that's how we have our, our, the projects and the artifacts we create continue to be useful things in the future. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the, the maintenance is especially taxing for, um, for certain types of projects. Like infrastructure projects is generally build a thing, build a thing, build a thing, and then it stays mostly put. You come back and do some, like, rework on it but like the judge apps the judge apps crew for the most part once they build something into judge apps it's there and it's functional until until they do something else that breaks it uh but the the real problems are like i was talking about judge center but education projects and and other and other projects that that strive to provide content uh they can fall out of date very quickly and that's that makes for a a tedious thing. Um, I know that uh, Chris Richter ran Ask the Judge on Star City Games for years, and the he had the problem of they had a searchable Ask the Judge database, and every time new rules would come out, he would have to go dig through the entire Ask the Judge database and figure out where it was broken and you know what things changed and what answers were no longer accurate. And it just got to be Herculean because he was answering so many questions every week. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how Mystical Tutor is going to update their content. Right, and there was there's another Mister Mister CJ Schrader. Hey, uh, you you had a major undertaking a year or two ago. Yeah, didn't you. I did. I went through the existing judge classes and uh, updated them all to current rules. Well, I changed them from PDFs to Wiki, and then I upgrade, updated them to the current rules. And uh, it took a long time. And the goal was that someone else would then take it over but that doesn't really happen it's um i just handed off a project actually uh it's it, somebody needs to be enthusiastic about it they they need to be really raring to go and then um you need to sit on it for three months after telling them you want to hand it off and then yeah. uh then they're, they're if they're still raring to go then you hand it off to them well that wasn't yeah it wasn't really my project so I was just doing it because it's on the wiki. Right there, well, there was. It's, this... it's more about the wiki than. But but you doing it means it's your project. Mm-hmm. I, people do still message me and they're like, "I the last one to touch this," and I'm like, "Okay." Right. <laughs> that that is actually it's it's a great way. You know, we'll, we'll talk later about like how how to join a join a project, but it's almost as simple as if you're doing it, it's yours. You know, just just start. That's that's in a lot of ways that's that's how it works out. I mean, there's another little one. It's not technically a judge project, but uh, me and Jess are both did this where we I wanted Judgecast to exist again. 
Yep. So. And, and, <laughs> I mean, this is a judge project. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> no, no. I, Yes, in, in, the, in the sense that it's uh, it is a something that's that's run by people who have any magic judges as a judge project. It it's it, it's a it's a thing run by magic judges that produces content that magic judges use. Right. It's <laughs> it's not it's not a yes. However, it is not a uh, like a project that you're going to find on judge apps or anything like that. Or, we are we are not always judges, nor are we always representing ourselves as such. Right. There's there's the other thing of if we cease to be judges, this podcast will still continue. Well, um, th- this is this is where a lot of people see the line drawn is between official projects that show up on judge apps and things that are things that judges do that provide content for judges. Um, another notable one is cranial insertion. Mm-hmm. Uh, cranial insertion is entirely functionally independent from from the judge program it happens to be all done by judges in the same way i i would i would make it a it say that it's just a, a really useful resource for judges so but, what, is, what is for for people that might not know cranial oh, insertion is uh cranial insertion is a regular rules q a and basically self excuse me self quiz and discussion where they they go through it's cranialinsertion.com and they they go through and they hit a topic and they write about either just a slew of random cards or a particular type of interaction or a like cards in the new set or something and they have it all spoiler tagged out so that you can read the question read the thing that they're discussing and before you actually answer it you can figure out what it is and then click down to the spoiler tag to see not just what the answer is but their explanation for it and they're all they're all rules experts and they're all quite quite good at writing about magic rules which is not a skill that everybody has and I direct people to it all the time to, to study rules interactions and just as an ongoing thing to, to learn. It's I, I appreciate them greatly. So so to, to sum up, judge judge projects in, in, in general, like they're important to the program because they provide uh, they provide our infrastructure. They are a source of education, communicating and teaching uh both existing rules and new changes that might come out. Uh, there's a lot of morale team building projects uh, like uh, Judge of the Week or Judge Anniversaries or at GPs. There's a project called Judge Buddies, which which hooks people up uh, if this mm-hmm. is your first GP, so that you're not lost in a in a giant sea of black shirts and where everybody seems to know what they're doing except for you. Um, and another thing that's 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 really really key is uh, they let you be part of the larger judge community. This is this is the next part because who 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 can you know who can be in projects like who's is there a restriction on who can be in what? Uh, occasionally, individual projects will have restrictions, uh, like the player investigations committee and the the um, the judge conduct committee have restrictions on who can be in them. But other than the, a very tiny handful of projects, every project is open to everybody, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there might be other limitations like geography. If you want to run judge classes in Maine, you probably can't run them if you live in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you may be able to run them remotely via Skype or something. But I'm going to try. Uh, uh, we had a presentation at our conference that was done via Skype. 
it was actually pretty okay and got pretty solid feedback uh, at the last conference that we just did in Minneapolis. But um, for the most part, yeah, the except for geographic and uh, some other limitations, usually uh, usually level or like language based restrictions. Right. Join so, a project. So any any L one any brand new. Uh, brand new L1 who finds a project that they're interested in, um, there's there's a a good chance that if they if they have the enthusiasm and they they have the I'm going to say I guess I guess a barrier a barrier would be as for lack of a better word like let's say there's a project on teaching people how to do investigations, okay, and you're a brand new L1 like you just certified last week. Um, and you you go to look to to join this project. You, yeah, that might be a little bit difficult because this this particular project isn't isn't is geared towards teaching people how to do investigations, and so the people on the project are expected to know how. So yeah. so you joining that project that is that is geared towards teaching people how to do investigations is probably not a good fit for you. Um, however. Uh, if you have a particular skill set on, you know, like if you're really, really good working with tournament organizers, you know, seminars and stuff like that and organizing mini conferences are definitely uh, something that that you can you can get involved in and kind of create your own experience uh, experience as you go. Yes. So uh, that that is that is definitely uh, uh, a thing. And then sometimes sometimes projects might be. Uh, they have a lot of members already. Maybe they might have too many members to be manageable, so the the, the lead might not be looking for new members at the time, mm-hmm. uh, which which does come up from time to time. However, a lot of projects have a lot of inactive members. Yes. Uh, so uh, that's that's not as much of an excuse, or it's not as much as a reason. Uh, a lot of times. You know, oh, we've got too many members. Well, how many of them are active? It's like, uh, good point. <laughs> well, it, it depends on the project. Uh, there is a project that I'm on right now that has um, a very large number of level threes, and it was a there was a lot of noise and static in it until uh, the until the project lead div- divided us up into groups and uh, told us to to each do our own work. Because uh, unusually, everybody wanted to be involved, which at 19 people, that was just too much. <laughs> so the, the the project lead did a, did a good thing in chopping us up. But um, so, the, so yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. So, I go ahead and finish that thought. Uh, I was just I was just going to kind of ramble on the fact that the. If for the most part, having too many people is mostly impossible because the only budget that we have for these projects, we don't like projects don't have a money budget. I heard this from Brian and I've just been stealing it outright, which the only budget we have for these is enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Is that and, me, me, Brian? Yeah, you. Really? Because I could have <laughs> sworn I stole that from you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> huh. We have well, uh, it's a boots, I, bootstrap paradox here. Yeah, well, I, I swear that you said this at the Pro Tour. At Oath the Gatewatch in Atlanta? Maybe. I, right. I, I distinctly remember you saying this. Oh. I could have sworn if someone had asked me where I got it from, I would have said you. Uh, okay. But, 
Well, I'll so take the we... credit. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, our, our budget, our budget is enthusiasm. Uh, so if you don't have a whole lot of uh, enthusiasm, your your project's kind of poor. Um, but but but. Um, so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of great things out there, and and we definitely want to encourage you know people people who come up and say I want to be involved in the larger judge community, and you know being being on a project is a great way when you're looking for something to put in your cover letter, and maybe you're 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 looking for something to fill it out with more than you know. I I did two GPTs uh, last month, and you're looking to apply to a Star City Open. When you can say like, "Hey, uh, I'm on uh, the Twitter project," or uh, "I've worked on uh, classes in my region," or "I'm working on mini conferences," or "I've presented at a conference," you know, those those kind of things uh, do actually. Uh, count on your applications for larger events because it shows that you're act you you care, and we yeah. want you want people on events who care. So how do I how do I how do I join how do I get me one of these projects? <laughs> um, my my first recommendation is actually find something that frustrates you or that you think isn't very good or that just sucks, and decide that you want to fix it. Judge classes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, find something that you you are either enthusiastic about improving, or that you you think that we don't do very well because, and that you think that you can do very well. If you if you look at something and say that sucks and I can do it better, well, that's a good candidate for and and you also want to do it better. Hmm. That's a good candidate for something that you want to do. That's, uh, that's then, like how a lot of people become judges, right? Yes. Yeah. Sucks. Yep. I think I can do it better. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Jess's story. He's told us that one a few times, I think. Uh, that was well. <laughs> that was enough. why I became a certified judge. That's not why I was running events. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, that also should be something that's actionable. Um, I just want to point yeah. that out because yeah, sometimes yeah. people go, "Well, you, know, you could you could be like, oh, my region sucks. I want to fix it. Can that be a project? <laughs> no.'" <laughs> uh, well, it right. depends on what that you think sucks in your region. Well, that's what like, I mean. That's what I was going to say is then you pick something. If that's the, what you feel about it, pick something that you think sucks that can be fixed. Mm-hmm. And then that can become a project. Uh, so, so being actionable is very important for yes. finding something to do. Yeah. Um, and it, even if you were vague about it being actionable, I would say once you have something, a direction, it's better. Because then you go out and see, is somebody else there? Did somebody else find some way to to make this actionable, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because oftentimes, oftentimes somebody else had a reasonably clever idea. Like uh, Mystical Tutor is a great, a great thing where they said there isn't good, there isn't good not text content for judges online, right? Mm. They said that okay. there that there's judge cast, but there's not there wasn't <laughs> video stuff, All right? right? There, there wasn't there wasn't good like audio visual content. There was audio content, there was text, and Mystical Tutor said, well, we want things that can teach you in more ways than just either reading or listening. Mm-hmm. And um, then somebody else had the idea to put the pieces together. But just this content sucks was the, the starting point, was they felt like the, the ways to approach content sucked. Um, and then somebody else had the, it like, I mean, it, this is an obvious one, but there's, it's very possible that you can find something that, that somebody else has figured out a way to make things better. Yeah. So um, 
when you when you find out the thing that you the thing that you are interested in, the thing you want to make better, the thing you want to help succeed, um, yep. one thing you want to do is is definitely see if somebody else out there is already working on it or has done it. Like for example, just today on the forums, someone was talking about like, oh, I wish there was you know, something to learn the rules other than just reading the CR and people, and, and, and people were like, oh, well, there's, you know, there's judge cast, there's mystical tutor, there's this, you know, there's, what's that? Cranial insertion. Yeah. Yeah, There's cranial insertion. There's, there's these things out there and they're like, oh, I didn't even know. So, so definitely when, when you have an idea of something, then you want to, you want to check to see if something already if something already exists because you might not have to uh, create the wheel you might not have to go it alone mm-hmm. you know you might have help yep. and and the, the the places to go for that is if you go to um uh on judge apps there is a page for projects yep. uh and it it lists there's there's you know a hundred 120 of all different languages. So not everyone you're going to be able to participate in because like translating the IPG into Portuguese um, might not be your strong suit. Um, (laughs) It's not mine. I, uh, so, so you would go there and it's got the lead of the project and you can, you can read the summaries and, and then contact that person and say, Hey, you know, I'm really interested in this, uh, Maybe, maybe you can, you know, I can see the results of the project or maybe I can help or something along those lines. Uh, but there's a lot, there's a lot out there. Uh, and if you don't see anything you want, uh, or that, or that you like, you can talk to your RC, uh, to see if anything exists. And if you can't find anything, you get to maybe do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, it's that it's, it's a little clear where it is. Um, if you head to Judge Apps and you're logged in on the left side, there's a projects. It's uh, down by exemplar and provide feedback so that it's easy for people to find. And this lists all the publicly visible projects that are that are show that show up on Judge Apps. Uh, when you said there's over a hundred, uh, the my area captain's project, which you know started in February, was it was project number three hundred and ninety nine. So we're well over four hundred. Um, not all of them are public. Uh, like my area captain's is not public, but the you can see a ton of them but just by just by searching and your regional coordinator will pretty certainly know some that aren't visible like cranial insertion or ones that uh, for whatever reason don't go through judge apps uh the like most like a lot of them do but but some of them just have elected not to cranial insertions one the the judge conduct committee's another uh there's there's various reasons why why Judge Apps isn't used for some of these projects? Yeah, I just I just noticed that um, all of the AIPG translation projects are public, but the AIPG is not. So it's not public. So I don't think I'm going to need to fix that. Yeah, it sounds like something you can fix. Yeah, it does sound like something I can fix. Let me go click some buttons here. Yep. Uh, the, the the annotated IPG is another example of a project that you could get involved with. Oh yeah. Um, that's another upkeep one that it's it's important to have people that like doing work four times a year. Yeah, well, it was well, okay. So I'll I'll tell a little bit the the annotated IPG. Uh, what that project is is it's a line by line deconstruction of the Magic Infraction Procedure Guide. 
Um, and it's, it was writing. It was awesome and amazing and great and wonderful. Um, and maintaining it is less uh, <laughs> amazing and wonderful. Um, Mainly, especially because it's, as it's grown, you know, now we have translations for it that we have to consider. So anytime we make an, we can't just go in and, and, you know, we see something and we go in and go, Oh, I'm going to go fix this. Uh, because now I have to, I have to consider, okay, well, there's, there's, if I go in and change this sentence, this one little sentence, I got to send out and coordinate with four other groups of people to, to make that same change in four different languages. Um, so it, it really like that, that in and of itself kind of gave me a, a big perspective on just the IPG itself. And when it gets edits and updates and stuff like that, how, how much everything needs to be, uh, um, you know, the pros and cons of everything need to be weighed. Like if you're going to change a sentence, you can't just tweak this little sentence right here for clarity, uh, because it's going to have a lot of impact and generate a lot of work, just rearranging a sentence around. Yeah, only make changes if they have actual content changes. Yeah. So let's, let's make this thing public. <laughs> uh, you should be able to. I mean, we we can talk about that I was say, later. Yeah. I, here's what you do: you wait 30 minutes. Uh, you guys keep talking. I'm going to make it public somehow. Uh, so, so what? Uh, one of the things that we talked about was if you want to get involved in a project, find something you don't like, uh, and then we kind of veered off of that. Um, so, like. What if I don't want to do that? What if I just want to get involved with one of these? Um, we've been talking about, you know, oh, there are a lot of them out there. How, how do I choose from all these options? Uh, is my my first suggestion is to either follow your follow your skills that you already have, or follow mm-hmm. the skills that you want to learn. The, okay. It, it, those are the those are the two best ways to to get out there and do stuff. If you are, if you have skills in, if you have skills in making, you know, really good documents and you're a fantastic writer, you can join something that, that really can make good use of your writing. Uh, the, the annotated IPG could, could really use people who were extraordinarily clear writers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but the annotated IPG also wants people that really, that really want to spend a bunch of time understanding the IPG, Right. And so those people ended up as proofreaders. Like, uh, what, now that I'm reading your writing, it isn't terribly clear to me. I didn't understand this very well. And I didn't understand it well before, and you didn't help me. Could you, could you rewrite it? Um, that's, those are the, those are the, the, the big things is either you're already good at it or you want to become good at it. I like that. And I mean, that's, that's actually a roadmap for life in general is when you're choosing something to do, either pick something that you, Pick something that you're good at, or pick something you want to be good at. But um, life tips. <laughs> I I also like that. <laughs> <laughs> but the there's this the the list of projects is actually really really overwhelming. Um, there, one of the ways to cull it down a little bit is when you're on the all projects page. There, it's broken out into sections. There's public projects looking for help. Is the so it has the, the projects that you're part of, and then it has public projects looking for help. And so those are things that they definitively want more people for. Okay. And is, so those, those are ones that, they're, that they just want people for, like Judge Booth. Um, Judge Booth could always use more people to generate content for it, right? And 
the they'll always want people. Uh, if you know two languages, we we love you. Become a translator. <laughs> like, we do love you. Yes. Um, it, even it, your translations can be like don't don't assume that you have to be perfect in all this stuff either. Um, translations are a good example. If your translation is good enough, if your translation's like a C or a B in quality, that's actually fine for most things. It just just getting the concept across to somebody who doesn't speak English or doesn't speak Spanish or doesn't speak whatever language the content was generated in, you don't have to be an awesome, amazing, you know, professional quality translator. This is a volunteer program. Mm-hmm. Good enough is good enough. And that's a that's a problem a lot of people have when they're that when they're doing project work they they want to do the very best project work. And I'm like, dude, I just need something. Like, you said you were going to deliver on this day. That's fine. Deliver me something like enough that that it's actually what you said you were going to deliver. But it doesn't. And this is this is a problem that I struggle with is I only want to do the best, and I only want to only want to do the stuff that I felt was was really really awesome. But you don't have to. Right. You can do just sometimes. Just, sometimes you just got to get it done. <laughs> Yep, um, and so a lot of these are are ones that they just need people who can just get stuff done, right? There, mm-hmm. uh, and they they just need people who will do their chunk of the work, or who will who will go to other people in doing chunks of the work. Like um, Judge of the Week is a project that is defined by the job of the people in the judge of the week project is mostly to tell it is mostly to, to poke people and say, Hey, can you do this work? Hey, can you do this work? Um, because it's somebody's writing about themselves, which is normally something that people are excited about. I uh, I know that I was excited when I got a, got mentioned for judge of the week, but at the same time, it's, you have to do a bunch of writing and you have to sit down and dedicate some time to it. And so mm-hmm. the judge of the week people, their job isn't generate content. Their, their job is, email a judge sometimes one that they're intimidated by right you're you're level one or level two when you're like you're emailing you're emailing uh jeff morrow or you're emailing uh you're emailing toby and you're like hey i i really need this from you you said you promised you'd get it to me last week and you didn't and right and and but at the at the same time uh one of the, one of the things that judges of the week provides is you know, it's when you when you are judge of the week and you get your name up there, it's it's awesome. And I know there's lots of judges that go out there and and read that and and take away from that. They like they like uh, seeing the different sides of, of judges that they they haven't met or that they have met or they look up to uh, that kind of thing. So there there's there's a there's value in just about every project. Uh, it's someone's going to appreciate that. Someone's going to do it, and it might. It, it's it's important to find something that you also enjoy doing, uh, because if you enjoy doing it, then that'll show in the in the product that you produce, and it'll help make those that are consuming it enjoy it also. Or it'll get you to produce the pro- uh, the the stuff. Yeah. Like if it's a grind, well, I've I've got games to play. I've got magic to play. Play, right, right. I can go play Magic instead of instead of reviewing exemplar nominations. That that is not an uncommon sentiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So so yeah, it's it's definitely 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 um, find find something that 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 you're passionate about. And there are people that are very passionate about 
keeping things clean and pristine and and, and ma- maintaining things. Uh, it's, I it's, salute them. I love those people. I, I do too. We need more of those people. Like there's there's almost when it comes to projects, there's two types of people. There's the people that produce contents and people that maintain content. And uh, we the people that maintain content. Oh, we love you. We love you so much. Yes. I, I might give Brian Schenk an exemplar nomination in every wave for the next <laughs> or something. Like I realized that I hadn't given him one yet, and I'm giving him one this wave because he deserves a stack of medals. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was reading some of his responses on the forums, and I was like, this this guy does a lot. He really yeah. does, and and I I think so much of it gets on goes unnoticed. Yeah, that's so. That's my plug. Spend an exemplar nomination on Brian. Oh, he yeah. deserves it. Cheek. Let's not just Brian, but that Brian. Yeah. Okay. Brian Perlman doesn't do anything. Yeah. That's lacquer. <laughs> Guilty. Uh, so, so that's that's kind of one of the things that we want to we want to talk about. Judge judge projects are are extremely uh, extremely rewarding. Like, I'll, I'll give an example of one. We have uh, uh, the Twitter project. Um, and what the what the Twitter project is um, is it's currently it's currently headed by Michael Puccio, um, and what it is responsible for is the Magic Judges Twitter account. Okay, um, answering questions uh, during the week, and then on the weekends, the, he contacts uh, judges for the various GPs that are that weekend and gets volunteers to just tweet interesting things. Uh, from the GP itself, and so this this particular project has a core of people that is responsible for managing the day to day account, coordinating volunteers. But then during the GP itself, it's just this group of this this transient group of volunteers that kind of show up, you know, tweet a little bit from the weekend, and then at the end of that weekend, they're they're done. Um, and we get comments. A lot of people have a lot of fun. You know, people go around trying to find neat things to to, to tweet about, or they get interesting rulings from from the the judges on the uh, at the event, the head judges, and they have a lot of fun doing it. And we have a lot of people that uh, every GP they go to, they volunteer because they enjoy it so much. And that's that's the kind of thing that we we, we want people who are excited and interested in doing these things because they're the ones that are going to, to do the work. Yes, yeah. we we don't have we, really we don't have and if you think about the various projects that we have, when you start removing away all of the projects, uh, that's actually in a lot of ways what makes the judge community the judge community. Okay, when you when you look at all the stuff that happens outside of events, conferences, uh, uh, forum posts, uh, classes, uh, advancement articles, blogs, all of that stuff is the volunteer aspect of the judge program, and that manifests itself through projects. Yeah, this is this is something that I I try to get across to people is actually. So there's – if people are like, I want to volunteer to do work, I'm like, don't volunteer to run tournaments. Somebody's making money off that tournament. Judge project stuff, nobody makes money off of. That's the – like, I donate my time to judge projects. I do work at events for for pay. And that's that's where I draw my, my personal line for how I want to divvy stuff up. People are like, you only want to make money in your mercenary, and I go, well – if somebody's making money off me, I want to make money. Like, 
If my work yeah. makes somebody else a dollar, then I want 50 cents or whatever. <laughs> uh, but if, it, but the judge community is, is my friends. It is my, my favorite group of people. It is, uh, the, it is the, the core of like 75% of my, my social life or whatever. And it's, so I want to give time back into that to make it better. And I think that that sentiment's common. The sentiment is common enough where, where we get a lot of awesome things as a result. I agree with that. I mean, so, when, when you look at it, it's it's yeah. The projects is everything that happens outside of almost everything that happens outside of events that isn't just hanging out with your buddies. And some of the hanging out with your buddies. And some of the <laughs> hanging out with your buddies, right? Um, and, and when you look when you look at what the judge program would be without that. Not a whole lot. I mean, they, they, that saying that the judge the judge program is like a, a self improvement cult that runs events on the side. Mm-hmm. Well, running yeah, running events is on the side. <laughs> you know the yeah. the, the, the self improvement the, the self improvement part that that whole that 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 everything else that goes into it is the, is the main core of it. I I don't know. I know you're gonna. Did I disagree with that statement, or did I agree with that statement? That's uh, like because the everything's geared towards being better at events, right? And well, and and for many judges, myself included, uh, and I I do participate in the community in a lot of ways. But for, for many judges, the majority of their work is done at events. You know, I, I'm in an event almost every weekend, and mm-hmm. um, I, I think that that. Uh, the event work is a very important. It is not an aside. It is not something it's, that's that's by the wayside. It's it's uh, that, yes. it's incredibly important. Yes, <laughs> it it's not all there is, though. Right? We'll we'll agree to that. I I uh, of course not. No, but uh, you know whether or not you want to be involved in project work is something that um, you know judges should participate at their own level in the judge program, you know, whatever it is that they want to want to decide to be in the judge program. That's what they should do. And and so they, they should use that as their guide for their level of participation in both projects and events. Yeah. This, this is something that, that I tried really hard to, to get across to people and something that I've alternately struggled with and tried to be better at is you don't have to do everything. You can say no. You can say this is what I want to be and this is what I want to do. And if if you want to be the guy that runs two PPTQs every month and doesn't participate in any projects, you know what? I think that's awesome. We've got a bunch of those people up here, and I love them. Mm-hmm. I, I like this has been a lot of like projects are awesome. You should get involved with projects. You should do projects, projects, projects. Uh, frankly, you can just not. <laughs> right. Like, and, and there is more to the judge community than just projects. You know, when you're at an event. Often you're at an event mentoring someone else or learning from someone else. That's mm-hmm. a form of participation in the judgment. It is a form. Of, you know? It is absolutely a form. Yes. So, so there's a lot more to uh, to that. So when we talk about the judge community and projects, uh, it's not just related. You know, those things are not uh, exclusive. Uh, you know, that's not all inclusive, right? No. Those things can be outside of each other. You can, as well, you can so. definitely like yeah. partic- participation includes like you know if you just answer some questions on the on your local forum. Or someone comes up with a question. That's that's not being in a project or anything like that. But that is that is definitely uh, being involved in some form or fashion. So, um, so yeah, I, I agree with Rob. It's, it's uh, projects are great, uh, but 
you do not need to be participating in projects to be a member of the Dutch community. Um, no, and I didn't. You, I did you, not you, mean to give that impression. All right, but, uh, you're good. You're good. All right, I'm we're good. good. So, <laughs> yeah. did we want to talk about any specific projects, or just let people go look at the list themselves? We've already any, mentioned any quite additional a few. specific <laughs> projects. Yeah, we have talked about quite a few actually. Yeah, because the best way to talk about it is about naming specific yeah. ones. Yeah. But do we? The, do you guys? Do you guys have any f- ones that you really enjoy, really like? Cranial insertion uh, is a big one for me. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I. I. Uh... I. I've been appreciating recently. Um, QJ Wong's been running the Battlefield Forge. What is and that? And it, it it is a project that uh, finds tournament reports and republishes them. It cleans them up, makes them look nice. He he digs through the the forum tournament reports posts that are a constant stream of. Uh, flip a coin whether or not they're they're a wall of text versus somebody who knows how a line breaks work. Uh, I I love the tournament reports forum, but man, people <laughs> need to learn line breaks. Uh, but it, uh, he goes out there, he finds good tournament reports where you can really learn something from, and republishes them on a blog of just hmm. tournament reports. That's cool. And it's it's pretty great. Uh, it's it's just a, a curated best of tournament reports, right? We've had episodes on Judge of the Week and Cranial Insertion, if you mm-hmm. want to search the archives. Uh, I, I like uh, the Knowledge Pool. Uh, so the Knowledge Pool is a project that takes place. They post on the forums uh, once a week. They post a scenario. Generally, it involves around a recent change or maybe certain tournament situations that have come up. And it it basically poses a scenario and then it lets the level ones and uh, uh, the level then the level twos there's like there's like a tier system where they say like level ones can talk uh, can can answer right away level twos wait one or two days depending on the difficulty level and then they kind of tell level threes to stay out for but out but out for for a few days um for a few days thereafter. And then, so they give the time for the discussion to happen. Uh, and they normally pick a scenario that can, you know, that there's going to be some discussion and some contention on. And then at the end of the, the week, they go, okay, here's the actual answer. And then the, there's a discussion. And then they post the next one and the cycle continues every week. And it's, it's one of the longer, uh, longer running project weekly projects. Yeah. It's one of the longest. Yeah. I think part of that is how um, how generally loose and structured it is, because uh, it lets different people post situations, get in, do a week here, do a week there, and you don't have to be committed to it for a long term. Uh-huh. Don't really think of Judge Apps as a project, but it is. It really it, is. It's very fundamental to. I'm a huge fan of, and we touched on, on these a little bit. I'm a huge fan of what I would call off the grid projects. You know, things people are doing that you don't see on Judge Apps, and like you've mentioned, Judge classes. I'm involved with with some uh, online Judge classes that we're doing with the Georgia judges, and uh, I love seeing all of the L2s that we've gotten involved to present on different topics, basically like conference seminars over over the internet, and it's been great. Uh, you know, I love stuff like that. I love just seeing people get involved in their local community, uh, in addition to the online projects that we typically think of. Um, so if you if you have the opportunity to start something and get involved with that, I I think those are the 
uh, I don't want to say the best because I don't want to detract from the awesome stuff other people are doing, but those are great. Those are something that you enjoy a lot. They're yes, the best to they you. are. They are some of the best to me. And that's partly because some of the best things to me are things like with JudgeCast, for example, uh, that's where you, you know, I get to talk to basically hang out with some friends of mine every couple of weeks. It, uh, um, it's still surprises me sometimes when people are like, oh, yeah, I heard the last episode. I was like, people listen. <laughs> That's not why I'm here anymore. Um, and, and it is it is why we're here, obviously. But like we what keeps us doing it is that interaction with each other. And I, that's what I love about the projects that I love most. That's what keeps me coming back to them. Um, so find I, I think the big thing is the big takeaway from that is basically just find your motivation. Um, so, uh, did we did we have anything else we wanted to touch on on projects? I think we we talked I think about we're pretty much there. Yep. Uh, Rob, I, do you I, have anything else? I, I just want to reiterate one one last thing, which is if you're lost, talk to somebody more experienced. It can be your RC, or if your RC intimidates you or you don't like them, talk to experience level two or level three in your area or just ask because that's it because that'll help you find the local the local stuff that's off the grid too like just searching on judge apps isn't it like right. it helps but talk to people yeah your rc is going to know a lot more about what's going on in the in the in the region or maybe if you've got if you've got a local L three or an L two, and you're just like, hey, is there any is there anything out there that I can do this? And you go, oh yeah, well I know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I guess the next the, the last thing before we close up, if you if you have a if you have an idea for a project, uh, yeah, you, you know you can do it. Yeah. Um. Uh, mm-hmm. Start, you know, if you if you have if you have the motivation and you want to see something specific improve, then you can probably do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stolen from Stephen Briggs, you don't need my permission to do awesome things. Uh, you don't generally need the program's permission to to do things for the program. Like ninety nine percent. Yeah, the, I the, would. The, oh, sorry, go on. As I say, the program really would really it just would be better defined as as kind of a loose federation of people doing stuff uh, <laughs> than, than uh, that it would an actual like organized program of people uh, and I think people have the wrong idea sometimes that they're like oh I'm not involved in the big program um, when if you're doing stuff you are I, I do want to suggest though that if you if you have an idea for a project um, bounce bounce it off of off of someone that you trust first, because mm-hmm. if you are if you are really excited and you are really really passionate about generating something for use for people, and you're going to derive and you get your value off of other people using it, if that's if that's the thing that you value out of out of doing the project, you do want to make sure that that people are going to get. It. I, I know this sounds this sounds a little a little negative, but if you have a good idea, um, what I would suggest is. Bounce it off of somebody, uh, just to make sure that it actually, you know, when you're explaining it to someone, that the good idea survives coming out of your mouth. I guess, for lack of a better, for, like, I don't know, I don't know a, a real polite way of saying that. 
you know, is is if you have a good idea, just make sure that it's a good idea before you start putting in a whole a whole lot of a whole lot of work. And you can do that just by bouncing it off somebody, getting a second opinion. Uh, because one of the things that we don't want to have happen is I've got a great idea, you know, I got a great idea, I put in all this work, and then I I have nowhere to put it, I have I have no audience for it, or anything like <laughs> that, and then you get you get discouraged. Um, we can we can we can point you in 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 a in a direction that that you want to go in uh, if if you if you bounce the ideas off of others. Okay. Good. Yep. All right, great. So we have a couple of newsy type things to discuss that weren't quite enough for their own episode, so we're kind of just piggybacking on uh, to this episode. Mm-hmm. Rob, I assume you want to hang out for this stuff. Oh yeah. Great. I I can sit here and make sarcastic comments, sir. Please do. I mean, that's kind of my job, but I I guess I'll let you do it this uh, time. I mean, I mean, when's the last time I was on JudgeCast? I don't know. Have you ever been on Never. It's never, right? There's some people who were on the previous version that I might not remember who were on it. Hey, hey Jess, that yeah. means you have to update the graphic on our yeah, you do. Facebook. Oh, I, I, that is so far behind. <laughs> maintenance. Maintenance. Yeah, maintenance. Star hey. project. <laughs> Uh, right. Do you think I could put out like a help wanted for Judge JudgeCast Facebook cover photo project? Yes, I think so. And I think you can find <laughs> someone to do it. And her name is Callie Rainwater. <laughs> All right. So we had a few policy updates we want to talk about. Um, a big one and then a not so big one. Uh, so GPTs, they are now at regular REL. I was going to say to the surprise of no one, but apparently to the surprise of a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, apparently I, there are people who are surprised. Yeah, I, I would like to clarify that they can be at regular REL. They That's default to regular REL. Yep. But if you really want to run them at competitive because you're giving out, you know, seven hundred dollars in a plane ticket to Rome, <laughs> you know, right. you can. So, so from what I understand, GPTs in in Japan can be very very large. Uh, GPTs in part of parts of Canada can be very very large, and then there's there's other regions as well where GPTs are larger than you know like PT uh, PPTQs in various parts of the of, of the U.S. Uh, so these events need to be given the the gravity in which uh, uh, is merited by large prizes, large number of attendees. Okay, so can one of you smart guys explain to me why even make this change? What, what are we trying to solve? Uh, so, uh, GPTs were in a very weird and awkward place. They could be head judged by a level one judge who we just tested in regular REL knowledge only. And they could be head judged by this level one judge, but they were competitive REL. And so that, that judge might not know how to do deck checks. They might have just made level one, you know, the day before. And they're fine to run an FNM or another regular REL event, but they they don't know the IPG, they don't know penalties, and they're they're gonna they're gonna have a bad time. Right. Mm-hmm. The 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 worst the worst not well not the worst, but it, it was always really awkward when right after you 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 test an L, uh, an L1 uh, and he passes, he goes, "Great, this is awesome because I've got a GPT next weekend." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, oh uh, we have a lot of work to to." Yeah. To get you there, um, so okay. so yeah, a lot a lot of GPTs uh, because of now now not all 
not all GPTs. Um, but hashtag. Ag- hashtag. No. Um, <laughs> geez, that wasn't in- intentional. Um, <laughs> The, the there was there was a, there was a lot of them that were uh, they were actually run closer to regular than there than they were to competitive REL. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as a result, it uh, with the with the level redefinitions and the refocusing that level ones are on are on uh, regular REL. It it makes it was a change that makes sense. Um, now you still need a certified judge in order to run a GPT, yep. whereas, whereas FNMs, uh, it can be the guy behind the counter, uh, not necessarily level one. Uh, they don't require a certified judge. GPTs do require a certified judge. And unlike FNMs, they are a premier event, and right now they are not listed in the MTR as an, uh, as an event that you can play in and judge at the same time. So uh, if you are judging a GPT, you are not allowed to play in it, unlike FNM. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this is going to be a net positive for uh, both the level one judges that just certified recently that are running GPTs, and also for the organizers that are running, you know, what, what at least in most places in the U.S. tend to be relatively small events, mm-hmm. um, and they feel awkward. Being required to have all these comp REL rules with the deck lists and the the you know and the game losses. Well, there really aren't very many game losses anymore in competitive REL, but um, they 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 feel awkward all of this, and uh, they don't understand why they have to do it for something that might only be a, an eight or sixteen person event. Um, and I think that it because they have the option, uh, this is going to be a net positive for pretty much everybody. Well, so when you say net positive, so there is there is a consequence of this, um, and and what the what the consequence of this is, as they're no longer or they're not necessarily competitive REL experience. The the con of this is, well, what about the L one who's going for L two? Okay, uh, where 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 are they supposed to get the competitive REL experience that they were hoping to get in order to make L two? That that's begging the question that you know were they getting competitive REL experience? As right. Jess was saying, if it was being run kind of regular REL ish or like regular REL with deck list style functionally, what kind of experience were they getting? They weren't learning anything because they the only the the best way to or the way that you learn stuff for real is to get feedback or get new information. Just doing something on your own with no feedback from anybody doesn't help you learn anything. Right. The best place to learn that is at an event with another judge uh, who can, who you can emulate uh, and who can give you feedback. And, and GPTs were rarely large enough to have a second judge. Mm-hmm. At least in the U.S. Right. Yes. Rarely large. So they, they weren't – and if they're large enough to require a second judge in, in the U.S., they're probably going to be run at, at, at Comparel anyway. So in in that in that regard, um, yes, you could when you when you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to run this GPT at at Comparel, and these are the things that I'm getting from a GPT at Comparel. I'm getting match slips. I'm getting pairings. I'm getting deck checks. I'm getting you know to exercise IPG knowledge. And if you look at if you look at what those things do, okay, pairings and match slips. 
you can do at a, at any event, really. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, FNMs all the way up to Pro Tours, match slips and pairings, okay. Um, deck checks, uh, you can practice doing a deck check. You probably, uh, before your FNM, when you're building your deck, you might be doing a deck check right then and there. You know, when you break down your deck and make sure that uh, what all's in it, that's you can practice a deck check that way. Um, and then for the the penalties, for the most part, your rules rulings are going to be the same at a competitive event versus a, a an FNM. The the IPG stuff after you give your ruling, if there's if there's an issue with a a, a trigger or a player drawing a drawing a, a card, you can. After you give the ruling for the regular event, you can say, okay, and this is what the ruling would be. Just inside yourself, don't, don't talk, tell the players this, but in your, in your head, okay, this is what it would be at, at competitive REL. Mm-hmm. And then you can go look up to see if you're right. You can like turn them into like little quizzes and stuff like that. So, so the experience that changes in going from a comp rel GPT to a comp, uh, to a, uh, to a regular GPT, you can recoup nearly all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've actually seen some people uh, in uh, in our Slack chat or another uh, Southeast Region Slack chat or in other places uh, spend some time um, doing exactly that, saying, "Hey, this came up at FNM, and this is what I did to fix it," which is usually fine. Uh, but what would I do if this were a PTQ or a Grand Prix and, and have conversations and discussions about it? And they're facilitating their own experience. Mm-hmm. And, and right now, um, the, the requirement for, for level two is a single comp rel event with another judge. The requirements are not, you know, five solo comp rel events plus one comp rel event with another judge. Right. Yeah, you have to solo grind for a while before you the, do. You, you do party. have to solo grind. You have to rep grind and get like five. Sh- you have to do the repeatable quest five times. Yeah, you have to get some wolf uh, pelts and. Uh, all right. You find them in the ivory tower. I think that all means that it's time to move on to I, the. Uh, I, it is. I have one last comment, uh-huh. um, it, which is: with this change, do you want grinders at? a Grand Prix to be regular REL? Not will they be? What do you want? Uh, so I, I think that that question is, is that's, to be fair, not a question for me uh, or any of us here. Uh, that question is realistically best posed to the players that are going to be playing at that event. And, and I don't know uh, I don't know which players we tend to find uh, at that event more often. There's a good chance that that grinders. I know so my first Grand Prix tournament that I was ever in uh, was a grinder, and it it was I was not in. This is well before I ever became a Magic judge. Um, it, I was not experienced and it was not a comfortable experience for me because I walked in and I went, I want to sign up for an event. And they went, here's this, this last chance trial you can play in. And I played in it and I had to fill out a deck list and then I got, um, and then I got, uh, eliminated right away. And that was not any fun at all. So I think that there's a, a solid argument that 
the, the hyper competitiveness that we tend to see uh, at this this single elimination regular event is uh, best to maybe go away. On the other hand, because of that hyper competitiveness, maybe we want to maintain that rules enforcement level because we do have so many. Um, uh, grinders, and when I say grinders, I mean the players. Uh, we do have so many uh, very competitive players playing in this event. I'm, so I'm really not sure that that answer can be can be given without really looking at who is playing these events at Grand Prix all over the world. It, it would be it would be really awkward to have it be different for different GPs, though. Oh gosh, yes. Right, it, it just from a consistent. from an expectation management standpoint, uh, mm-hmm. it would be it would be, yeah, I think it would be kind of awkward to, if they were done differently, huh? Yeah. Oh well. So it's it's probably not going to be up to the tos. It's probably going to be a top down decision that that gets made at a at a higher level than everybody at this thirty two player tournament. Raise your hand if you want this to be regular rules enforcement. <laughs> oh man, that would be the worst. Um, <laughs> imagine keeping track there'd be, of like, there'd be that one guy yeah. no competitive we, we actually I want to be I want to be able to use derived information to my advantage guys <laughs> so so and and I'm sure all of you here know I'm pretty much that guy imagine <laughs> but um and that guy is probably maybe why it should be still there, there was there was an event this is this is this side there was an event uh we had it was a it was a 1k uh, $20 entry fee, 20 people showed up, mm-hmm. uh, and the TO was like, uh, crap. Um, and he gave, he gave, because there was 20 people that showed up, he was basically like, all right, uh, so here's, here's, here's an offer. I'm going to make this offer at the beginning. Um, we can just all chop and go home and I'll give you each $50, which would basically be the 1K. Uh, and, oh, no. And someone said no. Someone said no. Whoa. What? Yes. He just paid twenty dollars to make thirty dollars more. He he sized up the crowd and was like, "I can I can run this." He did he did pretty well in that event, which was the upsetting part. So so yeah, there there is going to be the the one guy, mm-hmm. or woman, you know, maybe. And that person's name was just Dunks. Yeah. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> uh, uh, right. No, I'm 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 a little bit exaggerating, but like. Um, you know, there, there is a, uh, there is the, the significance of the fact that at a Grand Prix trial at a local store, there's a good possibility that whoever wins isn't going to the Grand Prix anyway. But mm-hmm. at a Grand Prix trial the day before a Grand Prix, it's incredibly likely that, that person <laughs> is, is going to be going to that Grand Prix. That would right. be, uh, be so funny if someone at the grinder was just like, no, nah, I'm not going. I just like sealed events. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I, I've had that come up where the, the players go to the finals, and one of the players goes, uh, I already have two buys. The other player yep. goes, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> they want that, that They want that Garuk axe on the prize wall. Yeah. yeah. Or the, the Planeswalker points. They were like, uh, I, need, I need the points so that I can yep. make sure that I keep two buys. Yeah. All right. So po- All right. I grind for Planeswalker points. All, All right. right. So... Okay. So let's talk about the IPG, and I think it says a lot that we're just tacking it on to the end of this episode when it's normally its own episode. Yeah, there wasn't much. Nope. Um, so a real quick one is Hidden Card Error. used to talk about if you had too many cards, um, you put them in the correct zone. 
now it says put them in the correct location. Uh, I think this is, you guys can correct me, I think it's for the situation where, like, you know, I'm resolving collected company and I'm looking at, uh, I, like, have a hand of four cards and I put those down. That's the first four I'm looking at. And then I draw, like, four more. Well, whoops, I wasn't supposed to draw that many. Um, sorry, I keep saying draw. Look at that many. Well, the correct zone would be, what, the pile you're looking at? I don't know. Correct zone's a weird word there. Right. And that's I, and that's really and that's really all all it is is just when you're when you're performing manipulations on a group of cards, uh, those group of cards may not necessarily while they are, they are always technically in a zone, okay, they might not be connected to that zone at the time in which you are you mm-hmm. made your boo boo. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh, Mulligan procedure error. Um, <clears throat> Most pe- this is one of those things where most people were probably ruling it wrong anyway, and and because uh, I can tell you my gut was what the policy is now when asked this question. Um, so basically, if you are uh, you know say you mulligan down to six and then you're looking at the um, you're doing your scry and you look at the top two cards of your library, uh, technically. <laughs> Before this IPG, that was hidden card error. And uh, so what that meant was the fix was actually to reveal your hand. Like, I, it fell in a really, really weird spot because hidden card error, or, I'm sorry, um, uh, Mulligan procedure error, I believe, didn't apply after you kept. So. Wait, what? Right. Something like that. Yeah, I think that's it. Improper, improper mulligan handled all the way through the mulligan process, including the scries. Right, yeah, it included the scry. Okay, and, and what is it? Including the scry didn't make a whole lot of sense. It made a better... Because it, the only fix yeah. that existed for that was... So, so oh, if it included sorry, the scry, yeah. the only fix that existed for that at the time was to mulligan, which didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, guys. I'm... So, really so doing poorly at this. It's fine. So if you mold if you mold <laughs> the five and then you decided to scry two because you thought that for whatever reason you scryed the difference. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so you mold the five, you go to scry two, um, and you start scrying two. Well, that's that's going to be instead that's going to be hidden card error. Now, one thing that the policy doesn't specifically call out is is we've got that that line of, well, when does Scry 2, when does that stop being looking at extra cards and start being hidden card error? I'm going to say that the same line applies. Like right. if I if I grab two cards and, and, and lift them up like, you know, like an inch off the library or something like that, then I'm going to call that looking at extra cards. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be hidden card error, uh, improper mulligan or any of that other nonsense. Um it's just it's you're going to treat it the treat it the same way that you would if it was in the middle of a game. I start to pick up two cards and uh, I see what it is. Okay, well we're going to say looking at the extra card, shuffle that away, and continue on. All right. Wait, yes. did someone just add a line? Was that already here? The tardiness? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I read over this section like four times. I never saw it. All right. Anyway, uh, so tardiness. Um, I think this is more of a clarification, to be 100% honest. But, uh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. But they uh, have decided that, or it is now officially in the IPG that you have, if you go ask to go to the bathroom, you have about 10 minutes to do your business. Now, that, does, that doesn't mean, you know, you can just sit there or, you know, 
spend nine minutes washing your hands or something like that. Um, you play. You spend nine minutes playing Pokemon Go. Yeah, <laughs> no. But if you if you before the match starts or after you sit for the match, you go, "Hey, judge, can I go to the bathroom?" You can you go to the bathroom, come back. You're going to get an extension. Where this this ten minute window came from is is. I, I guess the question of someone asks, "Hey, can I go to the bathroom?" and then they go, and then it's twenty minutes later and they're still not back. What? 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 What then? What do you do? Right. Right. Because uh, we keep saying, "Well, everyone gets to go to the bathroom if they right. ask," right? right? And so I'm not going to tell somebody that they can't go to the bathroom, but I didn't tell them. Well, you better make sure that mm-hmm. whatever you need to do, you do it quick, because uh, that's kind of the assumption. But then they come back. Do you give them a game loss? Is that fair? They didn't know that they had a time limit, but I, 10 minutes is definitely the reasonable ex, is a reasonable expectation that you should be able to do whatever you're going to do. And this isn't just going to the bathroom. This is like if you can't find cards and yep. you need to go to the to the to the dealers and find you know uh, your Gideon or whatever. Um, you, you lost your deck and you're rebuilding it at the vendor right now. Right. <laughs> you've got you've got ten minutes to do that. Um, might not seem like enough time, but if what what you got to realize is, well, you're going to come back, you're going to get a ten minute extension, and the whole event is going to be uh, potentially delayed by that ten minutes. So there is there is an impact to the event. So so what do you do with the player if they're in the bathroom for fifteen twenty minutes? Uh, well, I'm going to assume they're not coming back. So they get their match loss like any other targetness. Yeah. Like any other, like any other, right. It's it's essentially an upgrade. Um, they've got the 10 minutes. You're going to drop them from the event unless they go, unless they come out and uh, they go talk to the scorekeeper. Uh, also I wouldn't drop them if they were like, okay, well I got to rebuild my deck and they tell you it's, it's taken me longer than that. It's taken me 15, 20 minutes. You'd Mm -hmm. say, okay, well we're not going to drop you then, but But it's still going to be a match loss. right? Right. Okay. Um, deck deckless problem. Uh, <clears throat> if you don't keep your hand and your sideboard separate, it is now a hidden guard error and not a deck deckless problem. Yeah. So that was, that was an example uh, yeah. in the IPG, and it was removed because it's HCE. <clears throat> right. So is this a change? Not technically. Okay. It was. It was what what the change was was they removed it as an example because the example now falls more under uh, HCE. Yeah, it was a, it was an example under deck deckless problem. Uh, however, it never really fell under the definition for deck deckless problem. Right. And once we created hidden extra or uh, hidden extra card hidden, hidden card error card. instead of <laughs> instead of drawing extra cards, uh, that infraction seemed to fit it better. So they realized that, that that example could be removed and the policy itself wouldn't need to be changed. It would just fall under HC. Right. Because before it was – if you mix your if you mixed your hand and your uh, – oh, I was about to say if you shuffled your hand into your deck. Never mind. Um, okay. So – Rob, you just talked so Rob, about this one Rob, did you have something more. to add? Yeah. About, yeah. Uh, Instead of we uh, ch- yeah. trying to figure out which, where you're going. <laughs> Uh, so there, there was a section in Deck Deckless Problem that frustrated me. You could read a couple of lines. Uh, it said that if a card clearly had, uh, a, it was in a different sleeve, it didn't count as being in your deck. And deck was defined to, to be including your sideboard. Uh, 
it, that's uh-huh. that's gone away. It, it, like th- this is a simplification of the stuff that was in there, but you could read it that way. Mm. And now it's it's clarified to say if it's in different sleeves, it only matters if it's in your library and if it's a situation where like you shuffled your opponent's card in a different sleeve in your library. Mm. Well, it's clearly not part of your library because there's no way you could draw it. You your sleeves are are, are black and you you draw the top card of your library. And now it's a teal sleeve on top. Well, you'll figure that out real quick. Right. <laughs> um, but the but cards that are in different sleeves in your sideboard space are still considered to be part of your sideboard for that purpose. Um, because the if they're unsleeved, they're clearly different. If you shuffle your opponent's unsleeved uh, pacifism into your library, well, you would figure that out. Yeah. But if it was unsleeved in your sideboard space, it was sleeved distinctly because it wasn't sleeved, but it's still clearly a sideboard card. Um, that was that was clarified. Okay. And so uh, one other clarification kind of around that same thing is that uh, if you're doing a deck check on someone, you take their sideboard away, and you notice all the sleeves in the sideboard are just super grimy, but the sleeves in the main deck are all pristine and pure. Uh, Normally the other way around, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay. but it doesn't matter. It doesn't okay. matter. Um, but um, some people might want to lean towards marked cards there. Because if they did put one of the sideboard cards in, it would look marked. But there's a clar- clarification that that is not, in fact, marked cards because uh, it's not the sideboard card isn't in their deck, right? And so I think I think the most natural example of this is just if their sideboard is unsleeved, right? I mean, think of a limited event, right? All my sideboard is unsleeved. Is that all supposed to be marked? No. Right, guys. Yeah, yep. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's just a silly little it, it, clarification. Yeah. There was nothing to say because you were right. I, finally, for once. Like, <laughs> He's been working on it for years. Yeah. He's struggling. Those other two. We see what happens when I don't write the notes. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so Rob, once again, thank you for being on. Yeah, you're welcome. It was a good look into projects. Um. Do you have anything, any like contact info you want to put out there? Anything you want to plug up to and including other podcasts? <laughs> uh, sure, since you insist. Uh, <laughs> I I regularly appear on Magic the Amateuring for oh. new set releases. Uh, I am I'm Judge Rob on there. So if you recognize my voice and you didn't remember why because you listen to a bunch of Magic podcasts, well, that's that's because I'm on another Magic podcast like hmm. every three months or something. And so I. Uh, Listen to Magic the Amateur. It's great. And if you want to get in touch with me about stuff, about things related to the North region or judging, or uh, you want to talk about science fiction books or board games, because those are things that I like, uh, robit at gmail.com is my email address. I try to avoid tweeting. How is that spelled? R-O-B-B-I-T. So like from Yeah, or hobbits from Middle Earth with an R instead of an H. Oh, is that is that what that is supposed to be? Uh, it, no, actually, it's a reference to a video game that most people haven't played. Uh, Jumping Flash was a mediocre uh, platformer on the PlayStation. It was a first generation 3D platformer, and uh, the the protagonist was a was a robot rabbit named Robert. Okay. Right. So. So. All right then. Yep. Okay. Anything else, Rob? Uh, that's pretty much what I got. Thank you guys for having me on. I really uh, appreciate it. Um, I was very excited when Brian said, do you want to be on Judge Cast?" And I said, yes, I want to be on Judge Cast. So, <laughs> Well, we're very glad you came on. Yay. Yep. 
we yeah we should have more guests on it's just guests are a little extra work that actually that always no this this i don't oh, think was more work no no it's a little extra work in, up front to go get them but it usually pays off at the end because they do oh, yeah, yeah. the actual work on the episode but it's that upfront work. Yeah, yeah. Peel, peeling back the 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 curtain, uh, we normally decide what episode we're going to do on maybe like the day before we record. And yeah, this one we, we were ahead of the ball. We started talking about it on like Friday. Right, <laughs> right. When we have a guest, we actually plan like a whole three days in advance. Hey man, oh. I we're doing that topic in two weeks, and we're going to find someone. <laughs> no, what's going to happen is the night before. We're going to decide to do a different topic. I know, that's what happened here. <laughs> what was this one almost? <laughs> State of the Union? Oh, yeah, the State <laughs> of the Union. What a lazy episode. I hope we don't do that next time. <laughs> well, that's the one, I told you, that's the one that we're doing unless we change it at the All last right, second, which yeah, we're going to do. All right. I think <laughs> I'm already lobbying for a rules episode. No, it's a different episode. Okay. We'll, we'll talk off. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, Rob. So you're done. Okay. Good. Okay, great. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were about to say something there. All right. Nope. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. My name is CJ Schrader. I keep it fair. I'm Jess Dunks. I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman. At the beginning of my upkeep, I gain X life, where X is the number of cards in my hand minus four. And I'm Rob McKenzie. What? I keep the white walkers off. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I appreciate it.